Hi, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on Friday, December the 20th. On this week's episode, we're going to talk impeachment, another potential blow to the Affordable Care Act, and a legislative uh, the legislative council's approval of an education study, and who knows, maybe some more. So I'm joined as usual by Max Branley. That was him yawning over that exciting was, yeah. line was of Was I yawning? Topics. I don't think I was yawning. <laughs> Innocent. Uh, so, of course, the big news of the week, uh, the U.S. House of Rep- Representatives voted to impeach Donald Trump. Well, Trump said he wasn't impeached. It was just a hoax. Oh, okay. So, no need to worry about it. Fake news. Well, it was funny because the outcome was preordained and it went just about as everybody expected with, I guess, two defectors on the Democratic side and a couple of Republicans absent because they're under indictment. So so it happened, and now we don't know what's going to happen next because Nancy Pelosi's holding up on sending the impeachment articles of the Senate for trial to see what kind of trial Mitch McConnell's willing to have, not much of one. Although Trump seems to hunger for a trial that, I guess, produces only his witnesses and not to, not witnesses on the other side to get some kind of vindication. You know, I, I don't know. In a funny way, I think... I do think minds were made up, including in the public at large, that there were some, like me, who think impeachment is clearly warranted here and others who just think, I I don't think they're really looking at the facts, but they kind of like Trump and like what he's doing, and so they'll accept whatever he does. I mean, this is a guy who, throughout his career, has been dishonest and, and operated illegally and fraudulently and crudely and 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 managed to get elected despite that and and manages every day to do something kind of outrageous. I mean, today, in response to criticism from Christianity Today, which is a conservative Christian magazine founded by Billy Graham, which is called for his removal, said, uh, oh, there are a bunch of fake Christians, lefties, which neither of those things are true. He said, I've done more for religion than any president. I mean, he's given religion a bad name. I think <laughs> he's done more in that regard. So anyway, it's just we're just kind of out there and just never, never land. It seems like to me. Of course, all the Arkansas Republicans voted for uh, exonerating Trump, and, and 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 to their great shame, I think again, none of them would say there was anything wrong with anything he'd done. And totally absent from the debate was. I think a single person who stood up and said, you know, Donald Trump's a good man and an honest man. And this can't be true because his character is beyond reproach. I mean, you didn't hear that from anybody. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, will it, and I guess the other, the big question is, does it affect politics? Does it affect the election next year? And I, I just don't know. I mean, I, I, I think it might be kind of a wash, but it might fire up some of his people even more than they're already fired up. Um, but I, I don't, you know, it's not going to matter in Arkansas. He'll carry I, I don't know what it would take for him to lose in Arkansas, which is in its own way a very depressing thing to say. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's totally obliterated all ethical norms and, you know, possibly committed some crimes and, as you say, does something outrageous every single day that, you know, impeachment just kind of seems like, oh, no, it's, yeah, it's like, I mean, no, he, I mean, he's just kind of rewritten the rules and I mean, it's like I say, I don't think he should be impeached for this, 
but I think he is the worst person in the world currently. Yeah. And, and he's just a, a thoroughly disreputable person. And I, I just wish somebody would say, say, yeah, but I love those judges he's appointing. Right. <laughs> you know, or something like that. I'd say, okay, I mean, I, I, that's kind of transactional, and that's the way he is. And so, I, I mean, I kind of get that in a sense. Because that's been one rejoinder from conservatives that we're just mad, that, that – Democrats are just mad that he's the president, and this is all to take that away. Yeah, and, and I would I would not argue that he should be impeached for being the worst person in the world. Although a lot of people thought Bill Clinton should be impeached because he had sex with a with an intern and, and tried to cover it up. Uh, but but I you know I didn't think that was impeachable, and I don't think being an odious human being is impeachable. I mean I think that's one thing where if, if the electorate says. I want to elect this scumbag, they get to do that. But the issue here was how he conducted the office, and I do think that does fall into the constitutional realm, but, but I, you know, the, the Republicans don't. So, All right, moving on. The 5th U.S. <laughs> Circuit Court of Appeals ruled this week in favor of arguments from Arkansas and other states that the Affordable Care Act's individual mandate to have insurance is unconstitutional. Right, and, and that's... In a sense, that's not a particular surprise because Congress took the penalty off for the insurance mandate, and so that you could no longer even have a fig leaf that there was a tax anymore. And on that basis, this right-wing judge in Texas had struck down the entire Affordable Care Act, and Leslie Rutledge and 19 other attorneys generals were in there saying, we want to strike the whole thing down. It would just be catastrophic. And there are a lot of people who think this court, which is a conservative court, didn't bite the whole enchilada off in hopes of putting off the final decision for a little while so that Trump can go through his election cycle without having to defend killing the Affordable Care Act, which includes coverage for pre-existing conditions, which includes coverage for people up to age 26 on family policies, which includes coverage of birth control, which includes preventive health care coverage, which limits profits of insurance companies, which expanded Medicaid coverage to put 300,000 poor people under health coverage in Arkansas. And these are things that have become, the Obamacare is now popular. Obamacare is now favored by a majority of the United States where it wasn't at the time it was passed. And it's kind of amazing to me, you know, Leslie Rutledge issued a news release today claiming victory in the case and kind of buried way down in there that, yeah, she really wants to overturn the entire act, which would just, and it would kill the state budget. It's a windfall in money. It's hard to explain the ins and outs of it. There's fees on insurance for one thing that contribute, but it's, it's a huge windfall for the state. And if they did away with Obamacare, not only would the state take an enormous, they, the state would either take an enormous budget hit, but it would also have to come up with new money if it wanted to keep the same coverage for people, which it wouldn't do and couldn't do. And so Rutledge's only fallback is to say in the news release, well, it's time for Congress to do comprehensive health care reform. Well, they've had three years to do it, and they haven't even started on it. And they won't because they can't, because they don't want to spend the money. Just preserving true coverage of pre-existing conditions is simply too exp- expensive to do without a big government investment, and the Republicans just don't believe investing in poor people. They just don't. This is eventually going to uh, go to the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, like the that. first thing that's going to happen, unless I think some of the states 
on the other side are going to try and get an immediate Supreme Court hearing. Uh, and they might. If otherwise, it's going to go back to this lower court, to cons- which has been ordered to review whether these other provisions in the law still stand or they don't stand. And, you know, I mean, the, the, the dissenter in this case is, is a Democratic-appointed judge. He said, listen, Congress could have reversed everything, but it didn't. It kept everything except the mandate. And so it ought to be the law. And then it should be up to the court to say up or down. Either you can have it with or without the mandate, or you can't. And I just think they punted for a while in hopes that somebody will come up with something different. But it's not good news uh, in general unless Congress changes its form and becomes democratic. And and this this law would be easy to fix, by the way. I mean, they could they could easily write a provision that doesn't change the law much but makes it legal in every respect. But Republicans don't want to do that. Okay. Uh, moving on now, the State Legislative Council today overcame roadblocks from subcommittee and approved a $659,000 contract with a consulting firm to assess the adequacy of state funding of public schools. Well, there was an awful lot of legislative back and forth in this that's kind of hard to explain, but the deal is, is 16 years ago, some famous consultants did a big study about what it takes to meet the, the court-ordered standard of adequate and equal education. First, I mean, and this included some very specific things about the kinds of things you teach and how you reach out to underachieving kids and all those sorts of things. And, and that was that required by the Lakeview decision? Well, I mean, that was what they did to implement the Lakeview decision. And But it mostly means money. I mean, it mostly means are you spending enough to provide the things that the court has said constitutes an adequate edu- education. And so every year the Bureau of Legislative Research kind of takes a look at what we're doing and tries to make that assessment and then says, yeah, this is what you need to do, this is how much you need to spend. And invariably the legislature spends less than what the Bureau of Legislative Research recommends. And, and additionally, there are all these other issues that have arisen. There's this special money that's supposed to help particularly underprivileged kids, and there are a lot of people who believe that money's not really being directed to them, but it's being used for general support. And so, I mean, we need to take an unbiased outside look at it and see what's going on. But the fear on some ultra-conservative legislators' part is that a, a study will conclude that we're not spending enough and we'll have to spend more, and that's the last thing they want to do is have the government spend more money on public schools. And so there was a lot of, the Education Committee studied this for a long time and said... Well, and there was also an effort by some legislators to push through a contract. Yeah, no, I, I, I was going to, in the beginning, the Education Committee said, we need to do this study and we need to hire this firm, APA or whatever it is, somebody you never heard of, a bunch of names. But respected and But respected, they've done this kind of stuff forever, they're not partisan, and, and so... But the fear was and the conservatives that, no, no, they'll want to spend too much money. So they came up with this other group, the newly formed group, that favors school choice. And everybody thinks school choice means cheaper because, you know, you can just give some money to take kids to private schools or let them go to charter schools or go to homeschool or whatever. And so there have been a series of committee meetings arguing about whether they should do one or the other or both or none at all. And earlier this week, they the, a legislative council policy committee just turned down a contract period. But under the rules, a motion could be made to bring it back up again. Bruce Kazor, uh, 
losing my mind. It's not Kozart. 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 Sorry. Who's a Republican, by the way, but is a big leader in education efforts, uh, brought it up for another vote and uh, first proposed that they do both the studies, spend spend almost twice as much money to get both uh, the school choice consultants and the other consultants. Joyce Elliott then stepped in with a substitute motion, no, just to hire the original guys, the real guys. And it was a close vote on the Senate side, but an overwhelming vote on the House side. But it's kind of surprised they uh, they approved the contract. So we're going to have a study of adequacy. And now there's a rider on it now that they can't make a specific dollar recommendation. Mm-hmm. But they will make recommendations, I'm sure, about places where we're falling short on adequacy. And I, I have not yet seen a shortfall that, that it doesn't take money to fix, you know, so... I mean, maybe there's a way to shift the money around. I don't know. And when does the study have to be completed? By the by, the end of next year, or in time. I I can't. I'm I'm embarrassed to say I can't remember what the date is, but it's some months off. Okay. I mean, they're not going to deal with this in the in the fiscal session this year. This is down there. There's much much talk to be done on this before it's over. Okay. Well, this is the the last show of the year i'd say pessimism about the future has been a prominent theme this year is there anything that you're optimistic about going into 2020 no i don't think so i just got through writing a story about how the chamber of commerce is raising money for barbara webb's race for the state supreme court of course she's mostly running on the fact that she's a republican but uh and has all kinds of republican ties including the state party chair but I mean, it was really kind of an incredible burst of candor. I, it wasn't meant for public consumption, but uh, the chief lobbyist for the State Chamber of Commerce, Kenny Hall, sent out a text message to all the other business lobbyists saying we're having this fundraiser for Barbara Webb at the State Chamber in the first or second week of January and want you all to come out. We've decided basically that it's cheaper to buy seats on the Supreme Court than pass a tort reform constitutional amendment. <laughs> so we need to elect her and then two more guys in 2022. And that's that's the past, the tort reform. I thought, you know, I mean, that's true. <laughs> but boy, it was a nakedly honest ex- expression. As I say, it wasn't meant for public consumption, but a business lobbyist, believe me, believe it or not, there are one or two who are, who are sensitive to ethical considerations who sent it along to me. I mean, it's just kind of amazing. and it's a, But it raises so many questions. I mean... Has she made a commitment to them on what she'll do on tort reform? Or they just kind of know she's a Republican and no sweat. She'll she'll do what's expected of her. You know, this this kind of thing ought to be an enormous issue. Uh, and, and by the way, her campaign treasurer and one of the hosts of this fundraiser is Jennifer Lancaster, who's co-counsel, and, and Jennifer and Clint Lancaster, who are co-counsel on the Hunter Biden paternity case and busy giving press statements to friendly press to beat up on Hunter Biden in the in the interest of helping not this child who needs child support and does deserve child support from Hunter Biden, but uh, in in helping Donald Trump. So it's it's just all a nasty web of of dirty sleazy intrigue and and unfortunately as I, as I wrote, I just finished writing this item about this. Uh, you know, it's cheaper to buy the Supreme Court than to pass a constitutional amendment. That you know. If you want a Republican and a corporate hack on the Supreme Court, you want to vote for uh, Barbara Webb. And saying that, it occurred to me that's kind of like free advertising for with a lot of voters <laughs> in Arkansas. That's exactly what they want. It's a Republican corporate hack. 
So there you go. Okay. And that, that, so that's not encouraging. That's kind of more pessimism. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's that's all I that's all I got. Okay. Well, let's see if we can go out on a, a brighter light with endorsements. What do you have? Well, I was going to say I unendorse Mrs. Maisel. Have you watched Mrs. Maisel? You know, it's just a. It's, we stopped in season two, but I kind of would like to watch the rest of it. Well, I watched all of season two, and I, and I, it's I don't. I mean, it's okay. Incredible. Uh, Production values, yeah, unbelievable. Clothing, apartments, settings, incredible, wonderful, but kind of not much plot. Just kind of, I mean, it's just slow. It was just kind of slow. Mm. But any, but anyway, but it's, but I mean, there, but yeah, I watched it all. So there's, I mean, I mean, maybe that's the measure. I don't know. Okay, well, I'll, I'll handle the positive. Good, good, so, good. Uh, we mentioned it last week, but I, I wanted to uh, brag on our colleague Stephanie Smittle who was the featured vocalist last night at the Arkansas Symphony's home annual Home for the Holidays performance. It was great. I took uh, my nine-year-old son and Leslie Peacock, and we sat in the very front row, so we could we were very close to, to Stephanie, and uh, she, she did Oh Holy Night and, I don't know, several other things. Um, she, got, she got introduced by Santa, and the night was uh, sponsored by the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, but Santa introduced her as Arkansas Times Arts Entertainment Editor. So wow, well, that, was, a, that was mighty nice of them. Some, some great promo for us on Arkansas Democrat Gazette night, uh, which is a segue into a, a plug for a, a new Democrat Gazette service. So I guess as part of their new digital offering, they now have made available to all subscribers their archive, which includes the Gazette archive, and is not complete. I haven't quite figured out how it's incomplete. Well, the Gazette didn't go online till about eighty-five. Well, no, it has scanned things. Well, they've scanned so stuff, yeah. I found some. I, I was uh, looking up some of the history of Hall High School, and I found some articles from nineteen fifty-seven. Uh, but it's fun. I mean, it's useful for research purposes, oh, yeah, though. Yeah. Again incomplete but fun just to look up um you know yourself or your family uh, i i searched for my dad and uh, found an article where he was quoted in a story that was sort of about me in white county in the i guess this was in 1990 there was a just say no to drugs campaign oh, good. where they encouraged or they got um preteens to give the reason that they were against drugs on a, a radio spot. And so I said something like, I, I need food to eat and I, I need food for energy and, um, you know, sleep to heal, but I don't need drugs. And so that was quoted in my, my dad had some kind of inane, like the children are our future. But then he also said that, uh, that he, he felt like drugs were now a problem in elementary schools. <laughs> wow that was uh you think that was probably not no no that was just this like the the just say no campaign had really yeah, caught fire a, a, a and nancy, nancy reagan's deal i remember it made uh, you eventually said yes i, <laughs> I presume <laughs> no comment on that uh, i did <laughs> but it's been a long but it's been a long time i I segued back to beer. By the way, speaking of pluses, I, I mentioned Arkansas Times Christmas party. The Atlas, uh, yeah, Atlas. I mean it's 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 a wonderful bar. The atmosphere is great. I, Tony's created a a really nice setting there. I think. 
yeah go, go check it out all right well thanks for listening have a happy holiday and we'll see you in 2020 ho ho ho